Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast. In today's message, Pastor George preaches from our Advent series. It's a special Christmas special. His sermon features the movie The Santa Claus and is a message about imagination and belief. This message was first preached on November 28th, 2021 at the Lingolstown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. the Lingolstown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. How many of you have watched the Santa Claus since, uh, since this? No, 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 not, not ever. I mean, how many of you have watched it just recently? Anybody out there? Am I the, okay, yeah, Rita and I watched it the other night, actually watched it in two parts because I fell asleep in the middle, um, so I, don't do that during the sermon though, okay, don't do that during the sermon today, okay, uh, I, I promise to keep it short, but uh, this, this week, find some time, maybe today, sit down, watch the movie, okay, you can watch it on Disney Plus, and I'm sure it's on a whole lot of other places out there. But uh, just take time to watch it. Uh, Nona watched it last night. Great, Nona. Thanks for watching it. Uh, I want to start with a quote from uh, from from one of one of the great imagination minds in our on all of our lives, and that is a quote from Walt Disney this morning. Walt Disney is, uh, is said to have said, every child is born blessed with a vivid imagination. Every child is born blessed with a vivid imagination. Now, as I was thinking about that quote, I, I sort of thought about the opposite side of that. And, and if it's true that, that every child is born or is born blessed with a vivid imagination, it may also be true, and you can tell me if this is true or not, but the older we get, the less likely we are to imagine and to embrace the impossible. Uh, you know, I just the reason I think about that is because I think in, in a sense, our age, as we age and as we experience life, th- there's this there's this stuff that just gets sort of stolen away from our youthful and our youthful vivid imagination and the older we get the more we focus on what what we what we see rather than what we can imagine and and maybe maybe that is just simply why uh, Christmas is often described as a magical season especially for children and for those who are young at heart But this morning, I want us to just think for a moment about children and the gift of imagination. I mean, if you give a child a box, what do they do with it? I mean, you give a child a box and they can turn it into just about anything. I've seen it happen with my grandkids. I've, I've actually helped them. We've built, we've built a train. We've built cars. We've built houses. I mean, you just imagine anything, and, and that's the way a child's mind works. Children have a vivid, limitless imagination. Not so with you and I. 
Most of us, as adults, we lose that limitless imagination. And to paraphrase Albert Einstein, if only we didn't allow our knowledge of what we see to keep us from believing the impossible. Let's think about that for a moment. If we didn't allow our knowledge of what we see to keep us from believing the impossible. Well, today we're going to be talking about the Santa Claus. For those of you who may not have seen the Santa Claus, uh, Tim Allen plays the lead character, Scott Calvin, who later on becomes Santa Claus. On Christmas Eve, his, uh, his son is, uh, is awakened by the, uh, the clatter on the rooftop of the eight tiny reindeer and the sleigh and Santa. And, uh, and so Scott's son goes over, he, he shakes him, he wakes him up, and he says, Dad, there's something on the roof. We have to see what it is. And so they go outside and they look up, and there on the roof, Santa's sleigh, the eight reindeer, and then there's Santa. And the next thing we know, Santa comes flying off the roof, <laughs> falls down uh, into a snowbank, and that's where that Santa ends. And the opportunity begins for Scott, Scott Calvin, got that SC in there, to become the new Santa. You see, he, uh, he puts on the Santa suit, he climbs into the, uh, into the sleigh, and suddenly the reindeer are off, and he is miraculously transformed into Santa Claus. That's the clause, you know, when you put on the suit, you become the next Santa. So, uh, so Scott, or I mean Santa, and his son are taken off to the North Pole when they're, they're done with their appointed rounds. And, and when they get there, uh, Scott is told, you are the new Santa. And he just can't believe this. He, he thinks he's having a bad dream. He's not quite sure what's going on. And uh, as he's struggling to understand all this, he has this most beautiful conversation with an elf named Judy, okay? And uh, if, you, if you don't get any further than, than, than Scott's conversation with the elf Judy, that's the, that's the key for the entire movie. But anyway, at one point, Scott, in this conversation, walks out onto the balcony of Santa's workshop. He looks down, he sees this, he, he sees this uh, polar bear who's directing traffic, you know. And he says... He says to Judy, he says, I just, I see it. I see it, but I don't believe it. I see it, but I, but I don't believe it. And, and that's where this key line then comes from Judy. And Judy says this, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Seeing isn't believing Believing is seeing. Kids don't have to see this place to know that it's here. They just know it. And that is the magic of Christmas. That's the magic of Christmas. A child's imagination isn't bound by what they see, but by what they believe. But we adults, 
At least I think so. We can even see something and still not believe it. We can see it and still not believe it. And that leads us into today's account of the Christmas story that we want to read from the Gospel of Luke. This is, uh, this is Luke's story uh, about the prequel to, uh, to Jesus' coming. And uh, this is the story of Zechariah and, uh, and his encounter with an angel. We begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah is an old man, and because he's an old man, I think his imagination has given way to reality. Uh, for far too long, he and his wife's prayers have basically gone unanswered. Uh, now, it's sort of ironic to me that this man with unanswered prayers is standing there beside this altar of incense inside the temple. The, the incense there in the temple is supposed to represent all of the prayers of the people of God arising up to heaven. And standing there, standing there comes an angel who says to him, Zechariah, your prayer has been answered. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth only really had one prayer, and in their vivid imagination, their prayer was simply that someday they would be bouncing this little baby boy on their lap. But for them, time had marched on, and their imagination had simply slipped away. Now he's hearing from this angel that, that hey, you you are going to have what you've been praying for. And, and he just can't believe it. E even though there is an angel standing right there in front of him, he simply can't believe it. And so it makes me wonder if Zechariah could actually echo the words of the skeptical Santa in the movie and say, I see it but I don't believe it. I see it, but I don't believe it. Now, I'm going to guess that in some way, form, or means, you and I 
have found ourselves there at certain points in our lives. We, we fall into this trap of growing older and losing our imagination. And, and sometimes, sometimes we feel more like Zechariah, who, who felt like his prayers were never going to be answered. And so we just, we lose our sense of imagination. We lose our, our sense of, of the magic of, of a prayer being able to be answered. For many of us, we simply have gone through enough of life, we've experienced so much of it that it's just hard to imagine that God does or, or could still do more than what we could ever ask or imagine. In that sense, in that sense we, we've sort of lost the eyes of a child, or, or maybe better yet put it this way, we've lost the faith of a child to imagine more than what we see before us. And so I wonder if you and I could repeat Zechariah's words, if we could repeat the skeptical Santra's mantra that I see it, but I don't believe it. I see it, but I don't believe it. In one of those uh, rare moments that, that I think God actually works in social media, I was reading this week a, a uh, a little piece from Pastor Dave Adamson who, who posted the other day about, about the relationship between fear and faith. And Dave, Dave wrote about this experience between fear and faith. And he, he says this, I, I feared what I couldn't see. I feared what I couldn't see. And he says, he says it's interesting that the Hebrew word that we translate as to see in the Bible also comes from the same root as the Hebrew word that we translate as fear. Seeing and fearing are very connected, Dave says. And then he continues and he says, have you, have you ever considered this? And this is, this is well worth just listening to this point. Have you ever considered that faith and fear both demand you believe in something you can't see? Faith and fear both demand you believe in something you can't see. I don't know how many times it, it happens to you. I know it happens quite often to me that, that I fear things. And you know what it is they say about the things that you fear? Probably about 80% of them are never going to happen. You know, 5% of them you can't do anything about it, so why be afraid of it, you know? But just think about it. We don't even see it. We just believe it. And what we believe is the fear. But it's the same thing with faith. Faith and fear both demand that you believe in something you cannot see. And so it is that when it comes to fear, we believe something negative is going to come from what we can't see. But faith is believing that something positive will come from what we can't see. Dave goes on and he writes, he says, What I couldn't see that morning caused me fear. But if I had focused on my faith, I, I would have been in awe, been in awe of God's ability to shift the tides. Which is actually very fitting considering that the word we translate for fear also means to experience awe. So 
So what is it you're facing today? What's the unseen thing? You can choose fear, or you can choose faith. You can either focus on, on your God, or you can focus on your problems. Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa, he had to struggle. He had to struggle with what he couldn't see. Zechariah, same thing, had to struggle with what he couldn't see. You and I, we struggle every day with what we cannot see. But kids? Not so much. Kids don't have that struggle. Kids don't have to see to know something is there. They just know it. They just know it. That's why we talk about the faith of a child. Because the faith of a child, they don't have to see it. They just know it. And how I wish that the words of Judy, oh, I wish we could, I wish we could believe without seeing. I mean, after all, do you remember the encounter that Jesus had with, with doubting Thomas? Jesus appears to all of the disciples except for Thomas. And, and when, when Thomas does come back into the fold, they, they're like, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Until I can put my hand in those nail wounds. So about a week later, we were told that, that Jesus actually shows up, and this time Thomas is there, and, and Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, put it in my side, stop doubting, stop doubting and believe. And then Jesus told him words that I think are really intended for all of us. He said to Thomas, he said, because you have seen, you have believed. But then Jesus goes on and says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And Zechariah, well, Zechariah teaches us long before, long before we see the miracle, God does the impossible. It's something similar to what the Apostle Paul wrote when he was writing to the disciples of Jesus in Ephesus. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul wrote these words. He says, Now to him, that is Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine. You see, what is it? What is it that you need to believe today? Where do you need to place your faith in God even though you cannot see it? For Zechariah, he spent the next nine months silent. I hear that Elizabeth really enjoyed it. But anyway... The day finally came that this old woman, 
gave birth to a baby boy. And eight days later, when it was time for him to be circumcised, everybody was ready to give him the name of his father, and suddenly, suddenly, Zechariah is able to speak, and he says, his name is John. It's the name that was given to him by the angel. See, it, it took Zechariah those nine months of silence to be able to recognize that he didn't need to see to believe. Because seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And on that day when his lips were open, he began to sing a song. A song that, that Luke records for us in, in, at the end of Luke chapter 1. And in this song, Zechariah tells us that he now believes without seeing. And I think we find that in these closing words of this chapter, where he says this, Zechariah speaking about his son John, he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. I think Zechariah came to a point where he was able to believe even when he couldn't see. I think God inspired his imagination just as he can inspire ours today to recognize that believing is seeing. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, in the midst of this world in which we live today, it's hard to know what to believe in. And yet, you simply reveal to us that we are called to believe in what we cannot see. And so, Lord, we believe. We exercise our faith over our fear. And we believe that it is the impossible that you can do. Because you can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. So, Lord, I pray that you will once again inspire within us the ability to see the impossible that you wish to do in the world. Use each and every one of us, the imaginations that you've given to us and the belief in the impossible to become the people that you want us to be and to bring your good news of light and salvation into the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, Find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.